Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. There's always Browns news to talk about, JT, right? Yeah, they have one more game in the regular season that doesn't mean anything, but still a story uh, can be written about it as they will start their fifth different starting quarterback in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Some Browns uh, made the Pro Bowl. A couple of other awards were handed out today by the local media to talk all about this. Let's go to our hotline and bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at WriterWrongFan. He is Daryl Ryder. Happy New Year to you, Daryl. How are you? Same to you, guys. Happy New Year. We appreciate you joining us each and every week. And uh, let's start with uh, the announcement that came from Kevin Stefanski. We kind of figured Flacco wasn't going to play, but uh, some of us were surprised that uh, P.J. Walker did not get the nod as the starter, and Jeff Driscoll did. Your thoughts on that announcement? Clearly, you did not watch P.J. Walker start a couple of games. I, on the other hand, did watch, and I'm not surprised. All right, so what are they hoping to get out of Driscoll? Just to play, uh, you know, this game, get through it? Is this an audition for next year? What, what, why Driscoll, I guess, is the, the question. Well, familiarity with the offensive system. Remember the Arizona Cardinals offensive coordinator is Drew Petzing, who uh, spent three years uh, under Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt here in Cleveland. And quite frankly, I, I think this is an audition to be the number two quarterback in the playoffs. Um, you know, uh, I just, and I think that's pretty obvious why they need to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's an audition, but it's, it is an opportunity. Uh, Driscoll was on the Cardinals practice squad. Uh, he mentioned today, hey, anytime you can get on an active 53, you got to jump on it, and um, ironically, he's going to uh, start against the Bengals after playing against the Browns earlier in his career. In fact, his first uh, NFL touchdown pass uh, came uh, at the Browns' expense. So uh, he's uh, familiar with the Battle of Ohio or whatever, but um, yeah, it's it's a quick turnaround week for him because he just got here over the weekend, and not only does he have to learn the Browns' offense, but he's got to prepare for uh, that Cincinnati Bengal defense. Daryl, the skill set with Jeff Driscoll to a uh, Joe Flacco, probably a little bit more similar than what we've seen in the Kevin Stefanski era so far, and it's the fact that they keep giving him these, I guess we want to call them more mobile-type, more athletic-type quarterbacks, but is this guy more of a packet, or I'm sorry, pocket passer, uh, more like a Joe Flacco than a Deshaun Watson? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think that they're going to be running – uh, a lot of uh, quarterback-specific plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I Look, I, I'm just looking for continuous clock Sunday. I don't even care. Yeah. What just don't get anyone help, hurt and be on the bus by 345. Right. That's <laughs> the biggest problem. I mean, when you consider yeah. the fact that we want to rest our starters, our starters are all backups due to injuries. 
Yeah, well, well, no, I mean, there's there's some guys you don't want to put out there, including mm-hmm. uh, your pro bowlers, so uh, as well as Joe Flacco. But um, they do have to field the team. That's true. Uh, that is the challenge for Kevin Stefanski yeah. and his coordinators. They are uh, required to put 11 guys on each side of the football out there. But um, uh, they're, they're going to go down the depth chart for those 11 guys. And, uh, you know, you're not going to see Denzel Ward. You're not going to see Miles Garrett. Uh, maybe you'll see Zedaria Smith, uh, but like, you know, uh, JOK, probably not, uh, you know, they're offensively, uh, you know, well, Denzel Ward, probably you're not going to see him either. Um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Amari Cooper, I'd be surprised if he played, we already know Flacco is not going to play Joel Batonio isn't going to play. Uh, I don't think, um, Wyatt Teller might not play, um, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to protect their mm-hmm. players uh, going into the playoffs here uh, so that uh, once we find out whether it's going to be a trip to Jacksonville, Indianapolis, or Houston, uh, you know, they're ready to go for wild card weekend as healthy and rested as possible. Daryl, talk a little bit about last Thursday night, how electric it looked. I mean, we're watching the game on TV. I hosted a Browns backers event for Kenny because he was a little bit under the weather. It just looked like a playoff atmosphere. How crazy was it? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, we don't get to see Cleveland Brown Stadium mm-hmm. that way. Like, we've gotten to see progressive field, uh, you know, all lit up and things like that. We've gotten to see Rocket Mortgage Field House with the Cavaliers lit up. We haven't really gotten to see it down on the lakefront a whole lot since 1999. Uh, I mean, Jim Schwartz today called it a top five atmosphere wow. that he's ever been a part of. Uh, and Jim's been around 30 plus years in the National Football League. So that's obviously quite the compliment. But, um, you know, look, it helps the Browns win at home, right? They went eight and one, uh, or, uh, you know, they went eight and one on their home field this year. Uh, and under Kevin Stefanski, uh, I, I want to say they're like 24 and 10 or something like that. It's just, they do really, really well at home uh, since the fancy has taken over, and they've kind of created a home field advantage uh, with uh, you know Stefanski's teams, which is great. You, uh, now they just got to handle the winning more consistently on the road. But um, you know, give the Browns credit—they've created you know some traditions and things like that. I mean, the guitar smash. Right before the game, Nick Chubb came out as the, the, the dog pound captain and put on a Batman mask and smashed the guitar, a sweet child of mine's blaring and stuff like that. Like they've, they've just kind of created a little bit of a, a home field advantage and atmosphere. And again, it's easier to do when your football team is winning, and the Browns have done a lot of that under Kevin Stefanski at home. But, yeah, that, that was great. The, 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 the cell phone lights flashing you know, and flickering throughout the stadium and, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I, I mean, it, it it really was. It, it was a very, very uh, spectacular atmosphere. And then, of course, after they clinched after the game, you know, watching the players run around, it, it kind of reminded me, I'll be honest with you, uh, the last game uh, that the old Browns played at Cleveland Stadium before, uh, you know, being uh, taken off the Baltimore when the players ran to the stands and, you know, all around the stadium and high-five fans. It was almost that kind of a scene, you know, guys just, you know, running to the stands and high-fiving fans. David Njoku, of course, was the star of that. But that that was a, a, a really fun night and, uh, unfortunately, a rare night where the Browns are concerned. But um, uh, hopefully we're going to see more of those here in the near future. 
Daryl Ryder, our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network. Again, follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, at WrongFan. That's R-U-I-T-E-R, WrongFan. He does a great job uh, storytelling as well as with his photos photos and videos, or uh, photos, uh, as we like to call them on the Kenny and JT show, starting along with my moderator that JT saw with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, Daryl. The five Pro Bowlers, uh, all deserving, uh, Garrett, Cooper, Ward, Batonio, and Joku. Anybody you thought also deserved uh, to be first team? Uh, Dustin Hopkins, MJ Emerson, Greg Newsom. Um, Wow. I mean, unfortunately, the whole team can't make the Pro Bowl, right? Right. Um, It's going to be interesting when the All-Pros come out. Uh, Certainly, uh, the postseason awards from the Associated Press, NFL Honors, is going to be very interesting to see who wins. Those particular awards, but uh, the Browns are a very good football team. They've got a lot of really, really good football players. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, they're, they could have had three or four more Pro Bowl. I mean, they had six alternates. Uh, the entire interior of the offensive line, you know, Wyatt Teller, Ethan Post, if we're named alternates, right? Uh, uh, you know, it, it just it, it speaks to uh, the quality of the team. Uh, but yeah, there, there are a couple other guys that didn't make it that could have easily made it and were worthy, uh, of making it. Um, but, uh, again, uh, <laughs> you weren't getting it. You weren't getting an entire Pro Bowl roster comprised of Cleveland Browns, but, uh, a sizable chunk of it is. Mm-hmm. Daryl, let's talk about defensive player of the year and Miles Garrett a little bit. Does he lose that award because there's too much emphasis on the sack? He's not, he's not top five. And I, you know, I believe he should win the award. Mm-hmm. I just don't have confidence that he will win the award because, let's be honest about it, uh, you know, uh, voters aren't watching the Cleveland Browns yeah. every week and they aren't seeing the impact that he has. And so they're going to look at numbers. And if he doesn't play on Sunday, he is not going to be in the top five in sacks. Um, you know, Pro Football Focus put out a stat, I think, today that. He's uh, got the most quarterback pressures since like week 13 or something like that, uh, which is, you know, that that's obviously uh, a, a good thing to help make the case from a statistical mm-hmm. standpoint. But it just it just kind of feels like the defensive player of the year always goes to the sack leader. The league MVP yeah. always goes to the best quarterback. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like very rarely mm-hmm. do the, the awards break the mold from a statistical standpoint. And uh, I would say if there was an ever an opportunity to do that, Miles Garrett is there, but, you know, T.J. Watt's got a case. You know, statistically, T.J. Watt's got better numbers. But uh, Garrett can say, well, uh, the Browns' defense is better than the Steelers, and the Browns have a better record than the Steelers. They've won more games and better, you know, uh, you know, if, you know, clinch the top wild card, whereas the Steelers are fighting for their playoff lives, things like that. Like, so um, I, I think he deserves it. I don't have faith that the the voters uh, feel the same way, but you know, we'll see. What he did win, this was announced, and you were part of this, I'm sure, Daryl. He was voted as the Joe Thomas Award winner uh, as the Browns Player of the Year by local media. Joe Batonio, given the Dino Lucarelli Good Guy Award um, by the, the local media, and it was unanimous with, with Miles Garrett. Correct, Daryl? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he, he's, he could retire tomorrow and be a first ballot Hall of Famer and know it will bat an eye. Like, I just... I, 
he's that he's just that tremendous of a player. He's won that award now three times uh, in four years. Uh, it's uh, his fifth Pro Bowl season. Uh, I'm anticipating he is going to be among the All Pros. Got a Hall of Fame resume already. Um, right. But yeah, uh, it's you know um, he. I, I voted for him number one, and I put Amari Cooper number two. Um, okay. So, uh, because, you know, obviously Amari, third best receiving season in Browns history, uh, had the record-setting performance against the Houston Texans while playing through a heel injury on top of that. Um, but, yeah, Miles Garrett's in a class of his own. There's no question about it. Uh, for years and years and years, we've lamented how the Browns were always deficient of elite talent and this team's got a lot of elite talent, and it starts with number 95. Daryl, what went through your mind? You're covering the game Thursday night, and they start chanting Flacco's name. I had to make sure I wasn't in Baltimore. <laughs> um, like, it, again, it's just another great story. Like, I, I think, you know, you talk about Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year. I think Joe Flacco should be the Comeback Player of the Year. The dude was sitting on his couch in, on November 15th, the Browns call him, comes in for a workout, put on the practice squad. He ends up starting five games. Browns win four of those games. In four of those games, he throws for over 300 yards. He's the only Browns quarterback in in franchise history to do that. Uh, It's the first time in in his career that he's done that. Uh, 13 touchdown passes. Um, I I mean, just – I think he's the comeback player of the year. I don't think he's going to win. I think that's going to go to Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin uh, for sentimental reasons because, uh, you know, obviously Hamlin's life was in jeopardy and he was able to return. But when you, I would say that Flacco has impacted his team more than DeMar Hamlin has. DeMar Hamlin certainly has impacted, you know, uh, cardiac awareness and things like that off the field. Uh, it's a wonderful story, uh, you know, for numerous reasons. And had Joe Flacco not done what Joe Flacco has done for the Browns, I, I would be all in favor of voting for DeMar Hamlin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, Hamlin is a, a role player. He's not a starter for the Bills. He's a special teamer and things like that. Um, he's been inactive uh, a, a little bit this season as well. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that Flacco, in my view, is my comeback player of the year award because that guy – was basically forced into semi-retirement. No one was calling him. Yeah. He, he was like, you know, raising his hand, hey, guys, I'm here. All these quarterbacks are going down. And he was kind of the forgotten man uh, until the Browns called. So um, I, I think Flacco's deserving that award. But like I said, I think Hamlin will win it because of, uh, you know, his, just his ability to even return uh, to the NFL after everything that he went through. All right, what about Stefanski, Coach of the Year? If those guys aren't going to win an award, is Stefanski the closest thing to winning one of those postseason awards? He should. Um, yeah. You know, I know Demeco Ryans with the Texans, no one thought them were, they were going to be any, uh, you know, I won't say any good, but, like, no, I don't think anyone thought that they would be playoff contenders. Uh, obviously, the Lions with Campbell winning their division for the first time since 1993. That's a great story. But, again... Uh, I have to look at the hand that Stefanski was dealt, the adversity that he had, you know, dealt, having to win games with four different starting quarterbacks. Um, 
I won't include Driscoll the fifth because that's a co- that's an organizational coaching decision. That is a that is a self created problem there, if you will. Uh, you right. know they're projecting uh, Joe Flacco there, but um, the fact that you know PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, you know, won games after Deshaun Watson's injuries, and and then you know Flacco comes in and you know really injects uh, them with uh, new life and a belief that they can still do something uh, with their season. And then just all the other injuries that they have had. They lost Nick Chubb. They lost, they lost three offensive tackles. Um, I just I feel like Kevin has had the most difficult path, and yet not only did the Browns make the playoffs, but they won 11 games and they clinched the number five seed with a, a week to go. Uh, and they also beat a lot of really good teams. They're the only – they're the only team in the league. No one's talking about this, really. They're the only team in the league that has uh, beaten both number one seeds, the 49ers and the Ravens. Wow. The Browns have okay. beaten them uh, both. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think Kevin Stefanski absolutely should be coach of the year. And now I'll throw another one at you, Kenny. All right. Andrew Berry should be – I think Andrew Berry should be the uh, executive of the year. I could see that argument, Daryl. Uh, there were times where I couldn't, right, when they went with DTR to start the season as the backup quarterback, but they, uh, you know, corrected that, picked up Dustin Hopkins and other moves uh, throughout the season. You could make an argument for him as well, Daryl. Hopefully one of those guys will uh, pick up some hardware in the postseason, uh, and uh, we'll see if it's Stefanski, Barry, Miles Garrett, uh, Flacco, or whoever. Daryl, great stuff as always. We always appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, keep up the fantastic work. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Look forward to it, guys. Playoffs next week. How about that? Enjoy that, Daryl. Yeah, you've earned that as well as the players and the fans for covering that team for as many years as you have, man.